Today, my guest is Sarah Harris with One Plus God Ministries. Her and I have been friends for years. How many yeah. years? I've been at like seven, eight. Yeah, since I started here at Rise FM, I think it probably seven years. And yeah, because I was bugging you. I was knocking on your door. <laughs> it's true. And you know what else? This is the other thing. Sarah and I went on a mission trip to South Africa a couple of years ago. Came back with the same bug, which is awesome. We did. Not not really awesome. We were we were so so sick. We were. We <laughs> shared that we shared that pain together for you sure. You know, there were a lot of people on that team and not one other person got yeah. sick like us. But do you know that after we left, the women who took care of us got sick? Oh, it was an actual they took care of us. <laughs> Doesn't that just make you feel bad? They were a lot older than us. <laughs> they were. They were. Well, anyway, Sarah and I, like I said, been friends for a long time. We both have a huge heart for missions, but she actually does missions around the world, whereas I do missions sitting here and just talking. And so uh, I just thought it would be fun to have you guys get to know her better and know her heart better. And we talk a lot about being moms. Now, I've raised my teens and they're alive. And now you're in the midst of raising yours. Holy smokes. <laughs> we are in the thick of it. Your kids are we how old? Are. Tell us about tell us about your two. So I I have Cameron and Cassidy, 14 and 16. Cassidy's 14, Cameron is 16. And the greatest privilege of my life is to raise these kids. I before they were born, with Cameron, I started a journal. I remember um, a year before I was even pregnant with him, just talking to him. I started this journal saying like, you know, dear baby, uh, <laughs> I am so, I mean, I was only 21 years old and I was writing to this future baby. Like, I can't wait till God gives me you. Like I uh, always knew from the time I, from the time I was 16, that I was going to be a mom. And so for me, as soon as I got married, I couldn't wait to get going on being a mom. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I wrote, to Cameron and, and he'll get that journal when he graduates high school that um, I've continued on and Cassidy too. Both of them will receive a journal that started before they were born. Wow. Um, just the highlights of their lives um, in it in good and bad that some of the trials that we've been through that they don't understand certain things they'll understand later after they read their story. Um, so being a mom is, yeah, it's pretty, it's an honor. It's a pretty big honor from God, I feel like. And so, but let me tell you, out of all the stages so far, for me, this is the hardest right now. <laughs> they're teenagers. You know, we're trying they're to get so, them. Yeah. When they're children, they're, they listen to us. When they're teenagers, they say, wait a minute, that's not right. Or we don't agree. Can you believe like if this, if this, if this son of mine outsmarts me one more time, you know, <laughs> and, I'm like, that is a very valid point. <laughs> you know, like, and I think that. In raising them, one of the things I wanted from the very beginning was to give them space to feel, like to be able to share their feelings, to be able to share their emotions, and and to be able to feel like they had the ability to tell me scary things. Yeah, I'm not gonna wig out on them, you know. Oh, and it it's, takes everything not to wig out when they start telling you that stuff. Literally, <laughs> literally. Um, and so we have some pretty funny stories because of this throughout their life. Um, and it's interesting that we're doing this podcast today because even last night was a pretty tough conversation, you know, where, and I think the main way of me communicating with my teens at this point is meeting them exactly where they are. Mm -hmm. So for Cam, it's like going up into his bedroom 
plopping down right on his bed, <laughs> right in the middle of, you know, and just like, Hey, what's up? How you doing? Not like bringing him into my world, but just going into his. Yeah. For Cassidy, it's a car ride. <laughs> you know, Cass loves a good car ride. So yeah, that's just trying to connect with them and trying to figure out how to. <laughs> well, and you know, they're facing things nowadays that we have never had to face. Um, I don't know if they've lost any friends to suicide, but that seems to be like this pandemic that I think is a real tragedy. And, and, you know, there's all this self-identification stuff that's going on. How do you deal with that with your teenagers now? Because I personally, I wouldn't put my teenager in a school right now. Yeah, it's scary. It's scary out there. Um, so the deal is, is like you, you, uh, well, a lot of prayer for sure. That's like, that's the cliche thing I'm going to say first praying on my children since from the time they were in kindergarten to now, when I would drop them off at school, laying hands on them and praying on them. Mm. That has been the thing I've done from the jump. Um, just Lord protect them, help them to be a leader. Um, like let them use the fruits, of the, let the fruits of the spirit come through, <laughs> let them be able to, you know, let them be able to focus. Um, and Lord, just, um, just protect them, you know, protect their, protect them. And I, I think I probably say protect them 5 million times a day, Lord, please protect them. But this is the thing is that there, this is the world we live in now. And so as Christians, even us, cause we are the church, like we are, it's up to us to be able to combat these things and to be able to, um, really go out in the world with the armor of God and be able to, um, stand against the devil in these situations. And so I'm trying to raise up little warriors mm. to be able to go out and to be able to weather this storm. So yeah, it's super tough. There's major identity crises. Um, Cassidy and Cameron have lost so many friends to mental illness. Mm. And when I say lost them and um, it doesn't mean that they died, but that they, they went a different route. They went to a different friend group that so, co- so a lot of friends have, um, to cope with the mental, the anxiety, the depression, they go to drugs mm. or they join, a, you know, they join a friend group that does activities that Cameron and Cassie don't do. Um, and, or, or they move away. They try a different school. The parents remove them from school. Like, so yeah, they've gone through a lot of friends, especially through COVID. Some kids never came back from COVID. The parents, um, because the parents kept them at home. So, so yeah, the kids have lost friends. It's been very hard to watch that happen, but also they've gained incredible new friends. And it's, I, it really, I'll tell you for us, the music department of the school is a really precious place to be. Like the kids are, I have one, my son's extremely athletic, but he's also in the music. Cassidy also in the music and the music department, there's something about that. Um, that is, it's a precious place to be like, there's, all different types of children in the music department, and they're all accepted. They're all loved. And also it helps the kids to learn how to navigate through these identity crises, through um, all the other things that come with that. Because you can imagine the music department's full of arts. It's the arts. So there's yeah. lots of different, Creative. lots of feelings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> lots of emotions. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, but being able to navigate through that and, and loving people. Um, and so that's been, so yeah. let me ask you, cause, um, my kids, my youngest is now 24, or 25, one of those. And mm-hmm. so when she was in school, it wasn't quite all of the stuff that they had to deal with. There were some things, 
So do you teach your kids and, and do they feel the need to minister to their peers? I mean, is that something that they just like, no, I'm not touching it. They'll just love them, but that's about it. Or have you had the conversation with how can you make a difference in your school? Yeah. So it's interesting. So we'll start with Cassidy. She's an evangelist. Like Cassidy, I, I remember being on vacation in Florida a couple of years ago and her friend was going through a crisis. And I, I hear Cassidy like, literally ministering to this girl. I walk into the room in our hotel, our res- uh, the resort we were staying in had two different bedrooms. I walk into the bedroom and there's Cassidy sitting with her Bible open, speaking the word of God directly to her friend over the phone. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How so, proud were you? Did you cry? Cause I totally would have cried. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I did. I did. I was like, that's my kid. Like, so that was a mom win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so Cass is the first for sure to use the word of God to pray over her friends, to, she's very open, extremely open about her faith. Now my son is more reserved in every way um, about anything really. And so my son will, his thing is his actions. That's what he, that's what he wants people to see is by his actions. Hmm. Like he is. So my son had a story he shared with me recently where he walked into the bathroom at school and the guys were in there vaping and it smelled like marijuana and he, he had to go really bad. So he's like, I just like, I, I couldn't get out because I had to go to the bathroom. So he just darts into the stall and the kids are like, Hey Cam, you know, you should come out. One of the guys was like, you should come out here. And, and before he could even say what he wanted to say, the other kid was like, nah, leave Cameron alone. He's not going to do that. And so Cameron's sitting there and he's like, yeah, I'm good. And the kid, this kid who stuck up for Cameron had been in school with him since kindergarten. So he's like, Cameron's not about that. He's not about that life. Just mm, leave him alone. Yeah. So they left him alone. But this is the thing. Cameron says, mom, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, I'm such a dork. Like they know that I'm not going to do that stuff. Like instead of him being proud of himself or having that name for himself, he immediately was like, man, I only have, like, he said that like, it's like the enemy attacked him in that moment was like, you only have so many friends. You're, you're not that cool. You know, and like he said, his mind started to wander. Well, he walks out of the bathroom, kind of feeling defeated, like, man. And he goes to go to math class. And as he's walking to math class, he said, all of a sudden, people just started like, he's like, mom, it was like God himself showed showed me like, hey, Cameron, I got you. Like friends started high five. I'm like, hey, Cam, what's up? High five, fist bump. Like, he's like, it was way too much like niceness, <laughs> like, hey, buddy, you know, like he's like all my friends, people that I, that I know and I love, and I've been friends with for years, like started saying hi. And he's like, when I walked in the classroom, like, oh, Cam's back. He's like, wow. I was, it was almost like God hugged me with and said, Hey, you know, you're doing the right thing, buddy. Like these people love you. And, and so Cameron's like, and how Cameron told me the story was, he said, Hey mom, guess what? I saw God today. Oh, that's how he started the story. Wow. Another one yeah. mom win. Yay. I know. So that's the thing. I have two kids on two different spectrums. Like for sure. Like one kid who's just like, and Cass, I mean, Cass will tell you like, she, she wants to be a missionary. She's just all in Cam who's more reserved with it, but both you kind of make their stand, you know, and, and I'm sure this is, you know, this is today. Now talk to me next year. Let's see how <laughs> so Cass is going to start freshman year of high school in a public school. Let's see, let's see how she does. But I pray that she's able to stand firm and, yep. you know, because she has a right to speak her, her spot too, like her, her identity. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, you know, 
I'll speak my identity. If you want to speak yours, I'll speak mine. And that's the reality of it is they have to fight for their space as well. And, you know, I think of Cameron, a lot of it, a lot of what you tell me is a lot like Tim Tebow. You know, I, if you listen to him speak, you know, and and he went through a lot of stuff, people giving him a hard time all through football and, you know, and, but he's, yeah, he's on the other side now and he can encourage our kids to just do what's right. Do what's in your head. You know, to know something we, so we have right now media in our home. And so, um, I did, um, last summer that devotion series with Tim Tebow with my kids. Oh, nice. So we Tim Tebow talk and then, and, and Cameron actually did relate to him a lot because people associate like athleticism or different things like you, like with being a cool kid or something like, you know, the whatever. And there's all these expectations on him. Like you, uh, the coaches want him to, you know, come to their team for this reason or come to them. And at the end of the day, it's like, Cam, what's your passion? What is your, like, you can't play all the sports. You can't be the, I'm horrible at sports. You can't be the running, whatever the running guy is in football, they want him to be the running back. <laughs> I don't know. He don't would, ask like, me. His <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't even know anymore. And like, you know, you can't do it all. So what, um, you know, what, what is your passion? And one of his passions is the baritone saxophone. So Cam really? is like, I'm going to be in the marching band. Like I'm, that's what I'm going to do. You know, that's, that's what, and that's, so that's now that I want to say this too. It's interesting, right? When you have, when you have multiple children and the different talents and the different gifts and the different yeah. things that like for one kid, something comes very easy and the other, it doesn't. Yeah. And, but when your children know the Lord, it gives them a confidence and it helps them that no matter what they're, because, you know, you'll see like right now it's graduation season. So you're going to see all the accolades on Facebook all of the kids who are the honors kids or who are the athletic and scholarships. And, yeah. And then what about the kids who are getting through with the C's and the B's? And that was me. <laughs> I identify. What about, what about the kids who are just putting through? Like, We're, you know, yeah, thank God we graduated type. I went to summer school and aced it. And I'm like, how come I can't do that in regular school? Yeah. Girl. Yes. And like, you know, so I have, I have one kid on one spectrum and one kid on the other, like one that, that it comes natural, one that has to study, study, study to get through. And so mm. it's important that, you know, our worth and our value and the, and those things come from Christ. And then we put that into our teens because a lot of these suicide rates, a lot of the drugs is all because kids don't feel like they can measure up. Yeah. Peer pressure is real. It is a real thing. And here's the thing. Let's let's fast forward now. Peer pressure is still a thing with us. Mm-hmm. Christian women. <laughs> I don't know. I cannot speak for the men, but I hear it from my husband. But Christian women, there's a whole lot of peer pressure, too. And I hear it all the time from women that they don't feel like they can measure up. I hear people say to me, because I'm a pastor, I can't do what you do. And like, yeah, you're doing it already. Let me show you where you are already doing it. And I can't hear from God. Really? Well, what about that thing you said? That is God's voice right there. <laughs> Amen. That's right. That is exactly right. And you're right. I tell my kids this too, that you, you're right. We, we always kind of are the same, right? Like as we grow up, we mature, we grow in Christ or whatever, like, but, but we always kind of have the same battles. Yeah. And I think one of the perfect analogies of like trends and of peer pressure. Do you remember LuLaRoe when LuLaRoe came out? No. 
So remember the tight, like the tight, tight pants, Lou the pants? No, I'm too old, apparently. No, this is, no, this is just a couple years ago. Oh, it was all the rage. You didn't see all these women walking around with leggings, okay. the wacky leggings? I can say leggings, but I don't know what the brand name is. I'm, I'm just well, not cool like you are, Sarah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So it was, well, over here in Marion, it was all the rage. So every woman in the Christian community is wearing these ugly, crazy leggings. I mean, ugly. And I'm like, what is wrong with these? What's wrong with you guys? You, some people could pull it off. Some could not. And so, you know, I'm literally looking around me and all my teacher friends are wearing the leggings. They're buying Did you go, them for Christmas. Stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> oh, my huh? God. I said, you're telling them to stop. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm like, what on earth? But guess what, Angie? I fell in the trap. Oh, <gasps> you didn't. At, at some point, years go by. They're not. The leggings aren't going away. And so on Christmas 2000, what was it? 16. My friend bought me some of these hideous leggings. <laughs> I put them on. They did pretty comfortable. <laughs> and I wore them. You now gave listen. in to peer pressure. I gave in to the peer pressure. Oh, wow. I was one of the ones who didn't pull them off. <laughs> so, And now you can uh, minister to your children about peer pressure from firsthand experience. Literally. Here I am, 30. What was I? 32 at the time. I fell in the trap again. It reminded me of like being in high school and everyone's wearing the big, thick Doc Martin shoes that are super uncomfortable and heavy. And <laughs> like, what was I thinking? And I look at those pictures like, what are you thinking? Why did you? <laughs> so, I mean, like it happens. Like we all fall short of the glory of God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. That is so true. Okay. Now I want to get real with you. Now I, I want other women to relate to us as moms. We talk about all oh, these wonderful kids and you've done a, such a great job. And there's all these mom wins, which really the glory goes to God. But what about those fails? Mom fails. You know, I, when I, my kids were growing up, I was a Christian, but I was kind of Mm, reserved about telling my kids about how to be Christians. I was still trying to figure it out for me. And so yeah. I didn't, I took them to church, but I yeah. didn't minister to them the way I should have, which I understand now. And now I got grandchildren. I can do it for them. But yeah. that was my big fail is, but you know, also when my kids were growing up, I was going, I was post-divorce and I still had so much healing to do. And my kids Absolutely. will never understand all the different things that I had to go through. They just remember what, how they were affected. And, um, it was, it's tough. So there's some things that, you know, don't always go right in raising kids. We all screw up. <laughs> yeah, so yes. now I have a lot more grace for my parents. Just saying. Yeah, no, actually my son and I last night had a, you know, we had a tough conversation again. You know, I, I went up there to his room and plopped down and was like, listen, I'm setting some boundaries. Like this Ooh. is not Cameron's and Cameron is, has a girlfriend and we, it's been a, that's been t like tough to navigate what's appropriate. What's not, what's pushing too hard. What's not. So, you know, this, 
there is no handbook, but the Bible for this stuff. And like, you know, there's just, it's just hard to know what to do. And so I, um, like you were just saying, you know, I literally told Cameron last night, like, let's talk about grace. Like I need grace. I'm not Cameron. I don't know exactly what I'm doing here. I didn't really realize that this was an issue until it was an issue. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't until we were in the thick of it that I'm like, wait a minute, that's not appropriate. That's yeah. not happening anymore. <laughs> right. You know? And so those are the, those are the moments. Like, I mean, I'm sorry. It took me to, you know, new rules. <laughs> I get to rewrite them on the yeah. mom. <laughs> mom rules. So, yeah. So, I mean, like, that's the thing, Angie is like, yeah, we, and, and also because I'm a single mom, that that's a hard part of this. Like there's oh, no one yeah. to tag, like, tag your it. Right. Go handle your kid. And, and somebody to discuss it with like that. I mean, you have to rely on your other moms to do that, but sometimes yeah. it's hard. You just, you're, you are trying to figure it out. And when you go through divorces and things like that, you're still trying to figure you out. Man, I'm in this amazing class right now. The emotional, spiritually healthy class. Like it's a book. It's a whole curriculum. It's a whole thing. Yes. I own that book. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. I'm on the grief chapter. I think mm. five. And, um, and I go to this class every Monday night and my life is changing Wow! and healing is happening and it's causing me, things are resurfacing for me that I put so far back. Like I would never have remembered. Yeah. Clear back to fifth grade when my teacher said something really inappropriate to me. Like that's the kind of stuff that's coming up in my head. Yeah. That was a trauma of some sort. But it's, it's the time to get healed from it. Yes. And that is, and that's it. And what you said is so true because a lot of times, unfortunately, we can put our own fears into our kids and we don't even mean to like, you know, like, you know, I, I see my daughter, like not afraid of men, but not quick to talk to them. Hmm. And I myself am not one to just go up. I mean, I, I, not that I have a fear with men, but like, I'm not very, I, I get, I get a little nervous with men Hmm. and that's something I'm dealing with. I'm healing from, um, from the trauma in my life. And, but I see that in my daughter, if she has a male teacher, she'll shut down. If she has a female teacher, she'll open up. Do you know, that's the thing is our daughters show us a lot about ourselves. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Even now I'm like, Whoa, that was me. Literally. <laughs> and now how do yes. I, and now I, they don't know this, but I know this and I'm going, Oh no, 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 no. I always tell my kids, don't be like me. Don't, don't be like me. Whatever you do, don't be like me. Cause I made some stupid mistakes in my life and I just do not want you to be stupid like your mother. So. <laughs> no, Angie, it's so true. Like there, and it, and also things that what's that, people have said about me that I didn't understand. I see my kid, my daughter Mm. and I'm like, Oh, that's what that is. Like, because my daughter emulates me. Yeah. And so I've had people like say to me, like sometimes Sarah, it takes us, you know, it takes me yelling at you or to for you to get it for you to really hear me. I have to be like in your face. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, that's what people are experiencing with me. Like people was in my family, they're like, Sarah, you know, and I'm like, what? Okay. I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. I get you. I get you. All right. Yeah, so. I'm going to ask you a few fun questions. First okay. of all, what's your go-to movie 
if you want to just sit down and, or maybe you're working and you just want to hear it in the background, what's the go-to that you always go to? Oh man. So I, okay. For the music, there's, is there any judgment on this? You cannot judge me. This is a judgment-free zone. Podcasters. Yeah. The, the people who listen to podcasts cannot judge. Okay. <laughs> so Forrest Gump. What's wrong with love, Forrest Gump? Why I would you love say Forrest that? Gump. And it's, I love the story of Forrest Gump, but also the music. Isn't the music? You know, I don't know that I've paid attention, but you are right. It is. uh, I think they won an award for their music, too, now that I think about it. Well, if you're going to go for music, I would go with the the greatest showman. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. That's actually a really close second. (laughs) I watched that so many times, and I owned it and everything else. I think I still own it. And, And so... So that's the one you just turn on in the background. That that one, and I have a really weird one too. What's the weird one? Um, so it's called "I Am Sam." I've heard of it, but I've never watched it. So I love the sound. I'm a soundtrack person. I love music, and so um, the Beatles is the soundtrack of that. And the Beatles is my mother's favorite band. So I grew up listening to the Beatles all the time. Oh, Motown um, was my dad. Beatles was my mom, and so those type of that kind of music kind of calms me sometimes um it just from the, my childhood so i am sam is another one <laughs> i'll have to um i'll have to look into that one um Very so good. there's a movie about a guy who's a musician and he's yeah. just not getting anywhere he cannot get a break and one day he gets hit on his bicycle and okay. the um when he wakes up he starts, you know, somebody's, he, his, okay, his guitar was with him when he got crunched and his guitar got crunched. So when he finally gets out of the hospital, his friends gather around and they give him as a gift, a new guitar. And they said, okay. play it. And he plays a Beatles song and they were like, just overwhelmed. And they're like, did you write that song? And he was like, it's John Lennon. And they were like, who's that? They had never heard of the Beatles. So the Beatles never existed in this world. That's insane. So he started trying to write down every lyric he knew and start recording all these songs and became super famous with Beatles music. Oh, my (laughs) word. That's amazing. I'm going to watch that movie. That's amazing. I got to get you the name of it. And it was so cool because in the end, there were two people who targeted him and said, those aren't your songs. And he like freaked out thinking they were going to expose him. And he said, and they said, thank you because nobody else knows these songs and we miss them so much. So it was like three people who remembered the Beatles out of all the population. It was just the coolest. That was amazing. Tom says it's called Yesterday. Because of the song Yesterday. It's a Beatles song. Yeah, I know. I have it memorized. <laughs> okay, so that's your favorite movie. So you're really into music. So tell me, it doesn't have to be a Christian song. Tell me yeah. what is like your favorite genre or song that's out there right now. Oh, so for sure, my favorite genre of music, without a shadow of doubt, is Christian music. Because um, when I was a kid, um, so I fell in love with love with the Newsboys. Oh, really? (laughs) So when I was a little girl, like little, like um, sixth grade, they took me to Ichthus. Mm -hmm. And there I heard the Newsboys in DC talk for the first time. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. That was it for me. So um, groundbreaking. I love... Huh? It was groundbreaking. 
like light. Yeah. So life changing. Like, so I am an old Christian music. Like, so I love Avalon, um, point of grace, you know, all those things from my childhood. So I've always... <laughs> well, Avalon and point of grace both have new songs out. <laughs> I'm not wow. kidding you. Not kidding you. Both of them. <laughs> um, Rachel Lampa, like, all, so anyway. All of them. All of them have new songs. It's too funny. Yeah, there was a song by Seven Day Jesus when I was a kid called Butterfly. That was like my anthem in life. <laughs> but anyway, so I loved Christian music. I um, always have. But I love all music except for like death metal. Yeah. And um, I don't do well with rap. Um, I struggle a little bit with rap music. I, so I don't, like, I don't like the gangster. Into. I don't like the gangster rap. Yeah. It just, it's a little rough for me. I just can't get into it. The, um, and it, the beat gives me a headache, but, but, but everything else pretty much I'm, it's open game. Like I love, I love music. So, um, music is always playing in the background and sometimes it's worship music. Sometimes it's you know, contemporary Christian, but I love Motown. I love, I love the old seventies and sixties music. I love yeah. it. I, you know, I, it's all good with me. I love, I love Whitney <laughs> Houston, <laughs> Gloria Esteban. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I've got to share with you for just a second. I'm going to yeah. share with you Peabod. Have you ever heard of Peabod? No. Okay. So he's a rapper, but he's like a super white rapper. And he, um, he has the best, like most fun music. So here's his latest one called Alive and you'll be able to hear it through the sound system. I've been waiting for a day like this. The room is spinning no more. Feet are back on the floor. I missed. I've been changing, but I'm optimistic that some bliss really exists outside. Wide eyed at the risk, but Huh? He reminds me of Toby Mac. Oh, yeah, but he raps. Hear him? So he, he like just, but he's not like the gangster rap. He's fun rap. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he, he is funny. He's fluffy rap. He fluffy, fluffy rap. Yeah, we had him, we had him out here for a concert. He came with Rhett Walker last fall. And oh my gosh, yeah. he just, he had his own little following, this little pocket of girls came and you know but um yeah he can play guitar he does a great job but this happy snacks album of his <laughs> i just love it you just gotta yeah. you just gotta take some time that was cool yeah so anyway that's the like kind that. of rap that i love and i love um a social club misfits but the gangsta stuff that's not christian uh, not nah, i don't want to do that yeah. and i'm old we, did you hear about did you hear about the church i think it was in texas that the playlist was up to like some youth leader or whatever. And he, and he put the wrong playlist on an Easter Sunday and it was gangster rap. Oh, Ooh, nope. <laughs> and it was the vulgar kind. Oh. Like it was so bad. Oh no. Ooh, <laughs> youch. <laughs> yeah, See, that's a perfect example that we all fall short. Yep. Yep. Really. Yep. All <laughs> right. What is your current favorite Bible verse? Cause mine changes every once in a while. I have some that are like life verses, but give me, give me some oh, of your favorites. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you what, this is so powerful. Like literally, <laughs> So literally, I'm going to pull it. I want to read it exactly. I literally just read this to a group of folks the other day um, right here. Um, and so it's Isaiah 40. Now, this is the deal. I know, I know that this is 
this is a pretty well-known Bible verse. Yeah. But I've been a little weary lately. <laughs> so something that I have constantly, and so it was, I mean, it's right here. You know, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And I have felt in my like life recently, I've been going through a, a pretty big uh, trial. And it, there's been moments where I felt like I couldn't walk. There's moments where I've woken up in the morning and I felt so weary that I couldn't move forward. And I just am like, and I went to God's word and I'm like, God, please like speak. And what, you know, what's the best way for the Lord to speak to you is through his word. Yes. And so like literally, I mean, so you can sit there. So people will say to me, God doesn't speak to me, Sarah. Yeah. I hear it all the time. And I'm like, have you, have you opened the living word? Have you opened the Bible as the living, breathing word of God? Have you, cause if you open that up, guess what's going to happen? He's going to speak to you and he's going to speak to you and knock your socks off. Yep. And so, you know, so when, so this right now for me, Isaiah 40, 29 through 31 is a scripture that I'm really leaning into. That's where I'm at right cool. now. Cool. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's been good to kind of dig in and, you know, just have a chat about growing up with kids and <laughs> I'm on to, uh, I'm on to grandkids and it's a totally different world. I'll have to get a grandma on here to that's older than yeah. I am. So I can have this conversation in a different angle. <laughs> it's, I'll tell you what it's 2022 is not for the weary. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, you, know, you know, like I, I shared with you earlier, you know, the things the kids will come home with every day is unreal. Mm. Uh, Every day is something new. Every, you know, you see something new on the uh, TV. You see something new. The school has, the school's now implementing this new club or this new thing. And it's all, um, it's all tactics of, of Satan in our public school I systems. know. And, and I keep saying, I want to pull my kids out. And then I'm thinking, mm, we have to yeah. train them up right, I guess is the point. Isn't it so true? Like, I would rather have them, again, battle this. Mm-hmm. Get in there. You know, Cameron, uh, Cameron and Cassidy, we were on our mission trip this summer. As of today, six of their friends from school are coming with us on this mission. Wow. Wow. So we're making a move. Yeah. We're making a move. Well, I'm very proud of that. That's not a coincidence. It's not. I'm like, God, I I see you moving. These kids are going to come back. They're going to literally come back and go right into practices for show choir, band, soccer, volleyball. As soon as the as soon as their little feet hit the ground of the America, they're gonna be <laughs> right yeah. back into that world. Yeah, and they'll be changed. And our, yeah, and they're gonna and our theme of our mission trip in Jamaica is identity. Ooh, and, it's, and so that's that's the theme because um it's pretty pretty big crisis right now I think to say the least. So we so I'm so excited to see the ripple effect of these six kids going back into the school systems. Yeah in their towns and in their locations and in their places. And I think all together, we have about 10 youth. We have eight youth all together, eight teenagers, and six of them are from the same school. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah you're making yeah. a difference, you know, you're di- making a difference in the next generation. And that's very cool. And your kids are doing it too. Man, by the grace of God, the absolute grace of God. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I hope I don't come home and jack this up now. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, we always fail, right? We just, without Jesus, we're just going to fa- fail. That's just the way it is. So give yourself a break. 
And you know what? Here's the other thing. I'm giving you all kinds of hope here. You're going to fail. It's just part of life. And the other part is things are going to get worse and our kids are going to have to deal with even more. So keep training them. Anyway. I I keep on knowing that my kids are going to go willy-nilly one of these days. Like something's (laughs) going to happen. They're going to go willy-nilly and I need to just... Well, no, enough grace. No, not kill him. no, just, just, just keep steady. <laughs> You're doing all right. <laughs> all right, Sarah, it's been cool hanging out with you today. Thanks, Ange. I loved it. The Rise of Hemp Podcast Network.